Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. Pastor Sarah Olson-Smith. Thanks for being with us today. This week, here at St. Paul and at many Christian churches around the world, we celebrate the Festival of All Saints. 
It's a day we remember those beloved ones who have died, and we name again our trust in the promise that by God's grace they are brought into eternal life. It's a day of tears and of joy, a day of honest hope, where we rest in the promise of the resurrection of Jesus, where we know that death does not separate us from those we love. We are held in this mysterious communion of saints. In my message this week, I'll reflect on a time when Lazarus, a dear friend of Jesus, died, and what the story can teach us about living with our own losses and grief. As you listen to the end of this story, pay attention to Jesus and his response to his friends and his deep love for them, and also, by extension, his love for us. Here's the end of that story of Lazarus from John chapter 11, beginning at the 32nd verse. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so they may come to know that and believe that you sent me. When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. When my two children were in preschool, or that thereabouts, toddlerhood, they had this habit of always stopping right at the back door, just as we were leaving. Our arms, they had their backpacks on, my arms were full with lunches and my work bags, and who knows what else I needed for the day. And we'd be heading out the door, always rushing, because I tend to run late for things. And I'd be holding open the storm door, and they'd just stop right there on the threshold of the door. All the time, they'd stop. Sometimes they stopped because they forgot something and they wanted to run back inside to get it. Other times, they'd just stop and notice something. They'd see how blue the sky was or if a plant in our yard had changed somehow or just to notice the temperature outside. Sometimes they just stop there for no apparent reason, 
other than an opportunity to teach their mom a little bit of patience. <laughs> and while this was happening, I really, in those days, I didn't appreciate this habit of theirs at all. But in the years following, and with hindsight, I keep on thinking about this kind of threshold pause, not just as a thing that kids do, but as a sort of spiritual practice. There's something important about stopping, about pausing, about taking a moment we're in a kind, when we're in this sort of in-between, as we step out of one place and into the next, when we move from one way of being into the other, a time to stop and to look back and to notice where we've been before, to make sure we're not forgetting anything, so that we can step forward with a sort of freedom and intention. But this is not something that many of us do. Most of us spend our lives like I spend my mornings, rushing as quickly as we can to the next thing. Our days are a sort of forward motion, moving on onward and upward, rushing on toward what's next. So we need to be intentional about taking time to stop every once in a while, even if we don't have preschoolers around us. Today, on this All Saints Day, we are given this gift as the church of this day, this holy day, to pause, to be intentional about taking this kind of threshold pause, to look back a bit, to remember those beloved saints who have gone before us, to acknowledge our losses, and then to step forward with uh, a new kind of intention into these next moments. This year, especially, we need this day. As individuals, as a congregation, as a nation, as a human race, we hold the weight of such enormous loss in these past months. We're carrying the weight of this in different kinds of ways. For, for some of us, this weight is almost unbearable. Many of us have walked into the sanctuary today with tears and grief so close to the surface that you feel like an overfull cup, and if you get bumped the wrong way, the tears will just start spilling out. And for us as a community, we've had a lot of loss. In a little bit, we're going to name the names of St. Paul people who have died this year, with more names, more candles, more heartbreak than I can remember in many years. Death that has come not just because of this virus that keeps raging, but also from the usual things. Tragedies that are unexpected and long-suffering illness and everything in between, none of which are easy. And they're at a time when we collectively mourn the loss of so many, 7,000 Iowans, 750,000 people in the United States, 5 million around the world who have died from COVID-19. Numbers that are so much more than just numbers, but each one a beloved, unique soul. We carry so much. And with this, we also mourn those other losses, the ways our life has changed and shifted, been torn apart in different kinds of ways. And so today, we stop. 
despite our wish to kind of rush as fast as we can back to normal, whatever that is, we pause and name our big communal grief right along that close and personal, intimate grief we carry. We need this All Saints Day more than ever to pause and to stop and to remember, to listen to these songs and to light candles against the darkness, to remember those stories and to let the tears spill out from the edges of our hearts, to remember again the power of the resurrection. And Jesus models for us in some ways how we can do this. We hear in our gospel reading about Jesus pausing It's this short sentence that happens in this story. Jesus has just rushed in to see his friends. And in the midst of it, he sees Mary weeping. And Jesus hears her anger and her sorrow, her voice cracking. I can just imagine it. And in this, Jesus simply weeps. This two-word sentence, the shortest in the Bible, Jesus weeps. He notices their friends and their neighbors weeping, and Jesus pauses, greatly disturbed, deeply moved. He pauses, he stops, and weeps. And in doing so, he reminds us that our grief is okay, is necessary, is this important and natural response to death. He weeps. Even though Lazarus will soon burst from the tomb, even knowing that he himself will soon burst from his tomb, breaking open all the tombs in this world, knowing the power of eternal life, he stops and weeps, even though he knows the goodness and joy that is ahead for all of them. In those tears, he shows how much Lazarus matters to him, how much death hurts. He weeps so that Mary doesn't have to weep alone. Look, they say, see how he loves them. Jesus shows us that grief, those tears, are just what comes when we love. It reminds me of this one line in this television show, WandaVision, (laughs) and there's a character, Vision, who I think is a Marvel, Marvel superhero. He's some kind of superhero, but he says, um, He says, what is grief if not love persevering? What is grief if not love persevering? Jesus makes holy our tears of grief, our love persevering after death. We have a Savior who weeps with us, who has loved so deeply and with such care, whose resurrection ensures that love perseveres through all things, We are not alone, no matter how hard the days are. But here's the thing. Jesus stops, and Jesus weeps, and he holds us in our sorrow. He stops with us on our thresholds as we mourn what was, unsure of how we are going to live into what is now. But Jesus doesn't let us stay on that threshold forever. Jesus moves to that tomb and calls out, Lazarus, come out. And amazingly, Lazarus steps out of that tomb like it's a front door, not a grave. In Jesus, tombs become thresholds, gateways to something new. 
This is true for those who have died. We can trust that in Jesus, the tombs of our beloved ones are doorways to life eternal. But it is also true for us. When we are stuck and buried by our grief, Jesus moves us into life again. What seems to be a tomb is just a threshold. It's an opening for Jesus to do a new thing in us. Jesus helps moves us from what was before our loved one died, before that awful thing happened, whatever was before, into some kind of new, hopeful now. This promise is for us, for us who grieve and those who are worn down by this world for whatever reason. Jesus transforms our t- the tombs we find ourselves in, whether we're buried by grief or sadness or fear or shame or whatever it might be, there is no death, no fear, no evil, no sorrow, no grief, nothing too big or too powerful that the voice of God cannot find us, speaking to us, calling us out into life. There is no tomb that cannot become a threshold for God to bring us into something new. God brings us new life, even with all of our losses, all of our grief. And it doesn't mean that the pain of loss will disappear or the weight of grief goes away. We just learn how to carry it. The sadness might always be a part of us. Grief is love persevering, after all. But we still have this life we are given to lead. And so we carry that weight even as we live forward and love in new ways. There's this whole life outside for us to discover, to love, for us to be blessed by, if we only step into it. And so for us, we're figuring out how to step forward into life that was not what was. There's even more good news for us on this All Saints Day. We hear that goodness in our story today. Just after Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb, he tells those people who have gathered, he says to them, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus doesn't unwrap himself. The community is part of Lazarus's rising and freedom. And it's true for us too. We cannot carry the weight of our grief alone. We cannot step forward into this life alone. We need each other. So today, it's our reminder to ask for help when we need it, to give it when those ask for it. Let people love you and be one of those people who shows up for others with food or phone calls or notes or care for one another, even if it's just passing Kleenex down the pew to one another. And there's even more. God gives us more than just each other right here in this place, in this community. We're given this thing called the communion of saints. And this is more than just a sentence in a creed. It's this deep and powerful promise that those who have died are still with us. The line between the living and the dead is a permeable one. And we are blessed by the companionship of those who have gone before us, surrounding us, holding us, still loving us in some mysterious 
beautiful way. Those saints surround us as we pause, as we weep, as we remember, and then as we step forward unbound. Our tombs are only thresholds, and the saints will bless us as we step into new life. We can trust this, because in Jesus, the resurrected one, the love we share perseveres even beyond death. Amen. Here I am to worship, here I am to
Now we turn to God in prayer, saying those words Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now receive these words of blessing. May God, the beginning and the end, the one who brings life from death and hope from sorrow, who has written your name in the book of life, bless and keep you in grace and peace from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way, you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.